In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In addition to calling my father later today, there's always another phone call which I make on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost for Father's Day this year happens to be also this particular Mass. It is a quiet anniversary which I celebrate with my classmates at the seminary. Nobody else remembers, but we all remember that as the schedule worked out that year for priestly ordination, this was the day, that is, this is the liturgy, the Sunday, on which we received the Catholics back in 2004. We always call each other up today just to wish each other a happy anniversary of our taking of the Catholics. It is an anniversary which always stays in our minds on this Sunday after Pentecost, especially because of today's Gospel. Today is the beautiful Gospel which speaks of the calling of Peter. When Peter is first called by our Lord to cast out his net. Duc in alto, as the phrase is carried down to us through the beautiful Latin version of the Bible, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draft. It is very important to note, as we all did, I hope, on that day in 2004, the meaning of St. Peter's words for anyone who is beginning to respond to a vocation. After the great draft of fishes, Peter's response is not to praise God or to give thanks, but rather to turn to this would-be master of his to whom he had only recently said, and we know not whether there was some irony in his voice when he first said, Master, we have labored all night and taken nothing, but at thy word I will let down the net. For shortly afterwards he seemed remorseful for this first response to his master, for he says to him, Now depart from me, O Lord. For I am a sinful man. It is so important to take note of this response of St. Peter and to compare it to the Peter we read of at the close of the Gospel. How does this Peter compare to the Peter of three years later? after his three years of formation here on earth with our Lord. Our Lord already promises him this day 
fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. This fisherman is now to become a fisher of men. He will be called to greater things, entrusted with greater things. And it seems that in the course of these three years, he will advance in his formation, advance in all the virtues. And yet, as he is entrusted with greater things, he will be capable of greater faults. For three years later, we find that he has a much more catastrophic fall than that of simply doubting our Lord's word. Three years later, he will deny his master before many. And yet when we compare the Peter of three years later to the Peter of today, at the beginning of his vocation, we observe that this fisher of men has indeed advanced in grace. For despite his sin, he has grown in humility. Three years later, despite his most horrible fall, he will not be like Judas. He will not turn inwardly to self-hatred and end his life. We are told that after denying our Lord and after the cock crow, he goes forth bitterly and weeps. And yet at that time we do not hear on his lips the words, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. He repents of his sin, acknowledges that he is a sinful man. But no longer in his shame does he wish for our Lord to depart from him. No, it is as though his words have now become, Yes, yes, Lord, I am that sinful man whom you met three years ago. And as you have entrusted me with ever greater things, as you have seen in me the makings of a great fisher of men, I have seen that I am capable of greater faults. I am still that sinful man. But I do not say to you, depart from me. No, stay with me, O Lord. Stay with me and heal me, for I remain a sinful man. The Apostle today tells us in that immortal eighth chapter of his epistle to the Romans that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come. In this entire chapter, he speaks of the sufferings of man, the sufferings of all of creation, but he speaks also of the suffering that comes through sin. This same apostle who speaks of the passion of Christ speaks also of the passion of man. That yes, we suffer because of what happens to us, but we suffer also because we obey that lower law which reigns 
in the lower parts of our soul, which reigns, as he says, in the flesh, that we serve our passions, and that this is the source of our greatest suffering. For true liberty, as he tells us today, is to be children of God. If we accept this gift of adoption which comes to us at the moment of baptism, then we have true liberty, which the greatest theologians define as our capacity to choose what is good. To be in service not to our passions, but rather to Almighty God, is to have true freedom, true happiness, happiness in the midst of suffering. For then we perceive, as the Apostle and the Gospel so often tell us, that sufferings are best compared to what is arguably, although I cannot speak from experience, the greatest suffering which human beings can experience physically on earth, that of being in labor. For our Lord tells us that, yes, as terrible as the sufferings of labor are, they are nothing compared to what is to be revealed afterwards, such that the woman who endures the pains of labor rejoices thereafter because new life is brought into the world. And so, too, we may understand that the sufferings of this life our poor and bitter experience of life here below is like the life of a child in the womb, and it is nothing compared to what is to be revealed when we leave the womb or the tomb of this life to enter the joys of eternal life. And so as we respond to our vocation in life and pray for those who are just beginning their vocation, as well as for those who will be ordained to the Holy Priesthood this summer, we pray to our Lord, yes, I am sinful, but never depart from me. Heal me and be with me forever, for you alone can make me a true child of God and grant me the gift of eternal life. Amen.